Welcome to the Burning Hearts Podcast. This is Nate, and I am one of the pastors here at Burning Hearts Church. And today we have a special guest for you. Uh, his name is Rhett Fistness. I've known him for quite some time. He's been a part of Burning Hearts Church since before it was a church. My first memory of Rhett was uh, meeting in Pastor Jaina and Ted's house, and uh, we did a healing school, it was, uh, Randy Clark's healing school, which really was a pivotal moment, I think, in the history of, of Burning Hearts. And I got to got to know him a little bit through that and a little bit through some prayer stuff we were, we were doing in the city. Um, and so we go way back. We, we've had some fun together too, um, before we were both married. <laughs> <laughs> Life is fun now too. Yep. But so Rhett, uh hey, hello Nate. Yeah, it's good to see you. So let's let's kick off this interview and first thing we like to do is just kind of get to know people's history with Jesus. And so why don't you tell us a little bit about how you how you came to know Jesus and then we'll follow up with some more after that. Yeah. Um <clears throat> my parents are Christian, so I grew up in a church and um always had an understanding that God is real, didn't always necessarily put that as a priority in life, but I never really made it a, um, I, I would never say I rebelled from God. I don't want to say I was the best behaved all the time, but I've never really doubted that God is not real. And, and you know, at some point in my life, I just needed to then own that and pursue it, mm-hmm. you know, and, which I think happens to everyone. That's yeah. part of becoming an adult. Yeah, for sure. So when when did that happen for you? Uh, bits and spurts. Sure. So I knew that God was real, and I thought the best way of kind of growing in that would just surround myself with other Christians. So I went to a Christian college. Uh, my main motive was I love playing soccer. Um, and so I, if I was going to – so that required going to a private school. And then I figured, well, if I'm going to pay the high tuition to go to a private school, might as well make it a Christian private school. Sure. So I did that for two years and um, really didn't grow in my faith at all. I just had a lot of fun. Um, and an injury prompted me to kind of reassess my life. And so I moved back to Fargo and just knew that, okay, I need to be intentional on um, making the right making the right friends, making the right choices. Mm-hmm. And got involved in the campus ministry. So I started reading my Bible for the very first time. Yeah, yeah. I'd never done that before. Cool. Yeah, we have a, a mutual friend. Who, yeah. Who I think maybe was in the same dorm as you, uh, Blake Carlson. Oh, yeah, Blake. Yep. So Blake and I, we met, we put the church in Churchill Hall. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. And, uh, we, you know, had a small group there. Uh, and, we, you know, he and I also were architecture majors. So we kind of had two points of connection. Yeah. Um, and so that was, uh, you know, then my senior year, I chose to co-lead a Bible study, which was, you know, at the time was a kind of a big step. Yeah. And my motive was just like, well, I wanted to get married someday and you're supposed to be like the spiritual leader of the family. So I just figured this would be good practice. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it went well yeah. and I, I enjoyed that. And I think just, you know, getting in the discipline of reading the Bible is probably the best habit that I established. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, when I read, I remember first meeting you. One of the things that stuck out was you were, you were hungry and you were open, but you were also new to a lot of things. Specifically, new to the Holy Spirit, new to gifts of the Spirit, and maybe not so much hearing about it, but 
experience. No, I was it. totally new to it. Yeah. No, I was I was new to experience. Well, I was I wasn't new to experiencing because I hadn't experienced right. it. But it was a curiosity. It was an interest. It was a, it was a desire. Yeah. Um, I had. It started with just an intellectual curiosity from reading the Bible. I said, well there's a lot of things in there that we aren't doing mm -hmm. or that I haven't experienced and either it's real or it isn't. And so it was more of an intellectual understanding. And there's kind of a transition time where I was really, I was really hungry for more, but I just didn't have any answers. And, um, I, you know, I just, I knew there was something more and there's going to be changes in my life. It's just kind of this hunch that yeah. it's time to advance and move on. And that's when, I met you for the very first time, which was at Jaina's house. I had no idea who this person was, but I was, I had, was a part of a young adult group that kind of, we just kind of, we weren't young adults anymore. Yep. <laughs> so the young adult group, you know, either everyone moved on and got married. And then the people that hadn't moved on were, we were all kind of weird. And it just seemed like <laughs> a dis, instead of a young adult group, it was a dysfunctional middle-aged adult group. <laughs> and it, so we, that just kind of ended. Um, and I was looking for something more, and two people called. One was your wife, yeah, at the who you didn't know at the time, right? Because right. we met at that same time. Yep. Leah and I. So, so Leah called and just said, "Hey, Red, I think you'd be interested in this." And then a family friend Ray called and said, "Hey, Red, I think you'd be interested in this." Right at the same time, and I had no clue what it was. So I just called the phone number, and it was Jaina, yeah. and she was really friendly. Oh yeah, we'd love to have you and. So I just showed up at her house and I didn't realize that was the first meeting because yeah. so many people there knew each other. So I th assumed this was a group that had been going on for a period of time, but evidently that was their first. That was our first like big meeting, kind of opening it up past a few families and a couple of young adults, myself being one of them. Yeah. So I thought everyone was new. You know, I could tell everyone knew each other except for me. Yeah. So I thought you had been going for a while. And then it wasn't until years later when Ted was like, yeah, right. You were at the very first meeting. And I'm like, really? Yeah. <laughs> that was the first meeting? Yeah. Yeah. It was, so, it was cool to get to know you at that time. And it was just fun to see your hunger. So, so Nate, I've got a story about you. Okay. So I remember, so, so I show up at the, you know, I had no clue what I was getting involved in and, yeah. um, I just had an address. So I pull up to this and it was like a really nice stately home on the golf course. I'm like, oh, wow, this is pretty fancy. And I come in and it was like a lot of young people and they were cool. Yeah. I'm like, oh, wow, no, you know, these, like I would want to be friends with this crew, even if they weren't Christian, they're yeah. just cool people. Um, and you were one of those and, you know, and then there's a couple cute girls and there was just enough in there to, for me to like, Hey, I should return. Yeah. Um, but my, I do remember you cause they had this kind of like prayer time and you didn't say, you know, you hadn't remain, you, you didn't speak earlier. Yeah. And then right at the end, you contributed something that I thought was like, Oh wow, this guy's actually pretty, pretty smart. <laughs> That's hilarious. And that was my first memory of you. Cool. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I remember pretty well too. I was like, oh, this red guy, he's, he's fun. You know, that was because you have a, a very charismatic personality and I appreciate I've, that. I've got another story. Okay. If we got the time. Yes. So this is, this is the very first time I ever met you or met Pastor Jaina or Ted or a, a lot of the people in that group. Jaina was doing a, a teaching on hearing God's voice. And she said, okay, everyone close their eyes and ask God to tell them something. And so I uh, was thinking my brother who has hearing loss, I was praying for him and kind of, you know, I was looking at the black dots 
on my, you know, behind my eyelids and kind of envisioning a, an ear that kind of maybe was pointy like Spock or an elf. Yeah. And, um, and then, you know, moments passed and Gina says, okay, everyone, you know, now let's share what God told us. And everyone was quiet. No one shared a thing. And I really wanted, you know, I was curious. I'm like, come on, let's get this thing going. So I thought if I just say something silly, it'll break the ice. Right. And the other people have the courage then to say what God spoke to them on. And so I said, hey, I just saw an elf here. And immediately Jana's like, oh, praise God. Yes. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I was. <laughs> and evidently she had an ear issue that needed to go to the, she needed to go to the clinic. And evidently it, by the end of the night that it went away, whatever her, so uh, funny. it was like a, something in her ear that went away and she credited you know she's like oh thank you red thanks for being so courageous to share your word of knowledge i didn't even know what a word of knowledge was <laughs> <laughs> and in my mind i'm like i'm just like hey lady you don't whatever i'm happy that you're you're feeling better but I, to I, I totally made that up that's funny and that just goes to show you like god can god can do things even in in sometimes in spite of us instead of, um, you know, through us, we'll put it that way. You know, I know you had a, a time in your life where the Holy Spirit came alive to you in a new way. Can you describe what that was? Um, well, it, 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 for me, it was really academic and intellectual before yeah. experiential. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I had maybe been getting involved in, in some of the teaching from Burning Hearts that highlighted hearing God's voice or celebrated some of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so I, and I, you know, saw other people operating in this. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, it's real. I'm not experiencing it, but that doesn't mean it's false. Right. And so, um, and that, I mean, it felt like forever. It felt like an eternity. Yeah. You know, and in reality, it was maybe a shorter period of time. Yeah. Um, but I did have, I mean, I'll, I'll, so the story I'll share is probably the most dramatic event that I've experienced. Yeah. And at the time, I didn't understand it. I couldn't figure out. I was so happy all the time. Mm -hmm. And it just didn't, that's not, I mean, I'm not a depressing personality, but I'm not like happy all the time. Right. And the experience was I woke up in the morning um and just the house felt weird. The whole house felt like the floor was on a waterbed. It was wobbly. Yeah. And I was super happy mm -hmm. and kind of almost euphoric or not almost. I was completely euphoric. I thought I was on drugs. I thought maybe <laughs> someone drugged me. Wow. And I didn't realize that it, everything was wobbly because I was walking down the hallway and I had to have my hands on the walls to stabilize myself. And I remember thinking, I'm like, no, I'm. You know, I'm pretty coordinated. I don't yeah. need the wall to help walk. It was kind of, it was weird. Yeah. And for about three hours, all I could do was sing worship songs and read the Bible, like the joyful verses in the Bible. Yeah. I didn't want to read the, the depressing verses. Right. I wanted to read the happy verses, like Psalms. Yeah. And I'd skip the ones that are kind of like lamenting. I just right. wanted to read the worship ones. And it was... I mean, and I, I remember thinking, like, is this going to go away? Because I didn't think I could drive. Yeah, yeah. It was, um, it was dis you know, it was, it, it felt great, but it was also a little, like, strange. Yeah. Um, and then 
like about it was probably about three hour period then it kind of went away and all of a sudden i just remembered i'm like oh now it's you know the wall the floor the wall the floor right. isn't moving <laughs> right and then i was sad then, before i was nervous that it wasn't going to go away and then i was sad that it went away because oh, it was go? really a feeling of euphoria right right uh, just and joy of the holy spirit yeah the for one year after that i call it my honeymoon with the holy spirit mm-hmm. all i had to do was think about that event and my eyes would tear up yeah and i would just feel good yeah and I cried myself to sleep for like an entire year. That's amazing. I would just, I could just think about, all I had to do is just think about that experience and wow. I, would get, I would tear up. Wow. Um, and in hindsight, I'm like, yeah, that was the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that was definitely the Holy Spirit. And some people might even look at that and say, that was your experience of baptism of the Holy Spirit. You know, some people, you know, there's, there's all kinds of theological beliefs about, oh, you have to speak in tongues or no, you don't or whatever. But like the impact of that on your life is like, that was definitely the Holy Spirit and what I would call an, an, an overflowing of the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit on your life. So that's, that's really neat. And it's maybe uncommon, you know, a lot of people experience that you know other people lay hands on him and pray for him and it was you know god just did it showed up so that's really cool um let's transition a little bit into your your life as as a a businessman and and uh whenever i've whenever i think about you rhett uh i think about you as like a renaissance man because you're you're very um you're very creative in different ways uh you're We'll say learned about some different things that I'm not so much lear- learned about, um, and so I'm like, oh, this guy's kind of cool. Uh, an example of it is going into the house that you owned when you were kind of in that those post college years. Um, another thing, like you stick out to me in business because you're you maybe aren't like you wouldn't think of yourself as a. A crazy crazy business person but you've always been fiscally wise and i look at you that way because you you owned a home and you were making rent off these other people um out of college and anyway i i remember getting the tour of your house and seeing this chair in your basement and and you love scandinavian design and you handmade this scandinavian chair and i was just like yeah this guy's a renaissance man and so that's why why i think about that um but have you always been like that uh or have you learned over the years what's your journey been like well thanks for the compliment and no i've not been that way (laughs) <laughs> over yeah. the years so i do have a creative uh aptitude that i feel like is was just a gift from birth yeah. or you know every everyone has a temperament or a personality and i think that did come you know that's just kind of i was born with that aptitude yeah um business no that has been trial and error sure and so i think by nature i am a saver not a spender yeah but in terms of business aptitude just um the school of hard knocks sure and just not quitting learning yeah. from you know what did i do right and keep doing that and what did i do wrong and quit doing that right and so i don't feel like that is something that just has come to me naturally yeah um and then i do just enjoy learning new things i'm just cu- you know it's more of a curiosity and so yeah. i think that so just reading an eclectic array of books and stuff so over time if you read um 10 minutes a day, five pages, you know, it's about 15 books a year. It's right. about a book a month. 
Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. You know, between five and six books a month. Well, you know, by the time you're 40, that adds up. Right. With a, a wealth of knowledge in yeah. all kinds of different <clears throat> areas. So, uh, for those that don't know, you own your own architecture business. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a bit of a journey to get there. Can you talk a little bit about that? And cause you were, I mean, you were, you were into architecture. I remember when I first met you, you were on, I think it was like the, uh, an officer for the North Dakota architecture, whatever <laughs> society and, and really into stuff with NDSU and architecture. Um, so yeah, just yeah, I mean, I love, I love being an architect. I love architecture. It's always been an interest of me. Yeah. If you would have asked when I was a, a child what I want to be when I grow up, it's an architect. Wow. Uh, that um, kind of dream as a child kind of was lost maybe in the college years because I just I never had met an architect. Sure. And didn't know what, uh, you know, we knew one architect and he was unemployed. <laughs> so that probably isn't the, the career I want to go into. Yeah. Um, but then just... Uh, all of a sudden, you know, after two years of college, realizing, hey, I got to pick something that I enjoy because engineering was not it. Yeah. <laughs> and architecture was the only career I could consider myself enjoying. Hmm. Wh- whether you're successful or not, I just, it's, I kind of l- liken it to be a calling like a pastor. Yep. Where if you could do anything in the world other than being a pastor and be happy, you should probably pursue that. Right. But if you just know that, no, I can't not not be a pastor, then you know that that's a calling and that that's how architecture was for me. Cool. And I graduated really on cloud, you know, on a real high point, um, really encouraged, really motivated, kind of felt like I had a vision for what my future was going to be. And then the next few years were just a disaster. Mm. I just... Um, I made, I was my own worst enemy. Mm-hmm. I had an entitlement mindset, poor work ethic. Um, if I had to summarize it in, in one way, it would be mixing insecurity with a big ego. Sure. And it just, <laughs> it's a dangerous combination. It was a bad combination. Yeah. Uh, after a few, you know, so I was laid off three times in four years. And then I realized, I think I'm the one that needs to change. Wow. And it was very humbling did that, did that come in like a moment or just sort of over time? You're like, oh, or did was or did someone point it out to you? How how did that come? Well, I mean, I was I was at rock bottom in terms of I need a new career. Yeah. Oh wow. And I tried to quit architecture. I actually got a I got a certificate in real estate. Hmm. And I went to the uh, broker who has been family friends for years. And he's like, hey, Rhett, oh, good to catch up. Oh, you really, you've got a degree in architecture. That's great. And he's like, he wouldn't hire me. Wow. He's like, no, go back. He's like, if you get licensed and you still want to be a realtor, you can work for me. But I'm not, you're not working for me until you pass that milestone. Wow. And I, you know, at the time, I'm like, you're joking. Come on, what? Hmm. And it just forced me to have to go back, kind of swallow my pride, find another job. Yeah. And just stick it out. Wow. And I think at that moment, I I was fortunate enough, um, another architect named Leap Cheer opened a door for a firm in town. I mean, I didn't think I could, I was hireable. I mean, I had a terrible work. Right. Your resume probably didn't look good at that point. And I don't think my references would have been, um, I'm glad they didn't call them. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) And so I started this new job just knowing like, I've got to make this work. And I had the right attitude. Mm -hmm. And I mean... I showed up early. I left late. I, you know, yes, sir. (laughs) Yeah. And just buckled down. Wow. Um, And gradually, 
all of a sudden I started gaining some competencies. Yeah. Slowly. And overcoming my my weaknesses, which yeah. was hard hard to do. You know, in the first few years, all my tasks were what the things I'm bad at. Right. Yeah, all the sort of menial kind of detail-oriented. And, yeah, things that I just don't have a natural aptitude for. So, I really needed a lot of self-discipline to overcome that. And I can't do what I'm doing today without that background. Right. You can't – there's no fast track. It's yeah. not like, oh, you can skip understanding how a foundation – you need to understand the foundation before you build the walls. Yep. That's good. That's really good. So, you, you own your own business now. What led you – into that and was there a always kind of like a desire to do that or was it something the lord just kind of set up for you how, how did that work both okay so when i finished school i had i was like yeah i want to run my own firm. i mean i really had a vision i wanted to run my own firm i had an idea what that would look like and i just thought well god you know and then i was really growing in my faith at that time and experiencing god really working in my life so i thought well I've got God on my side. I just need to snap my fingers. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't always work that way. It didn't. Folks. Didn't. Yeah. Yeah. And and so that was really this kind of maybe entitlement mindset that I didn't have to do the heavy lifting to achieve make, achieve that, yeah. and it would just fall in my lap. Well, that it didn't. Hmm. Um, and the attitude that I think really brought me success was when I was working f- for that firm. I I had no intentions on leaving. I mean, I felt like, okay, God, I am not leaving until you you kick me out. I am staying here forever. In fact, there was even a moment in that season where I had owned a couple of rental properties, mm-hmm. and I felt like I got I'm I needed to sell them. Yeah. And financially, it made no sense. Mm. It, it was not a wise financial decision, but I felt like as long as I had a a backup plan, right, I wouldn't be all in. Hmm. working for my employer right and i needed to give that pr- pr- that employer my priority and 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 burn the ships yeah that's radical obedience the next day this was a saturday i was kind of journaling and just thinking i really need to do this and then the next day pastor Vern bardson at yeah. Gave a sermon on burning the ships and talking about wow. uh, Cortez landing in the new world and having no exit plan. Wow. And I, I thought, okay, that's, that's I'm God. doing it. Yeah. And so I was all in on this and I was never going to leave. I never asked for a raise. I just was going to, I was going to hmm. do my duty until I retire and I became comfortable. But that, that forced me to be disciplined and I kind of created a niche for myself Yeah, that then one day just, it was obvious that okay i have an opportunity and the door is open this is an easy yeah that's amazing easy door to walk through that's amazing and i, I can to honestly um say that my story is quite similar um and you know led led into a different place being a pastor now but it was as a similar thing where i had to go all in in engineering and and lay down this this desire to do ministry because the Lord spoke pretty clearly about it. And at first I didn't listen either, you know? And so if you're out there uh, listening, you know, take these stories to heart because you might be in that season where God is calling you to go all in in something and it might not be exactly what your dream is, but God's more, He's more concerned with the process and about building you into who you need to be um, than the result. 
and and so sometimes uh, it can be difficult, but it's worth it's worth the process. All right, so we've talked a little bit about uh, your career, what you do, your history with the Lord. Let's let's talk about your family, mm-hmm. uh, and you have a an interesting journey there too as well. Uh, so you have a wife, uh, Maha, who is just a wonderful woman, uh, very kind, very sweet, and and a son, Johan, and. You got married a little bit older in life. Um, what was forty? Forty. Okay. Uh, yep. I wanted to let you give the number <laughs> and not me. Uh, so, was that hard for you? What was that process like for you? Kind of uh, desiring to get married and then um, it maybe being later in life than than typical. So I was content being single. <clears throat> yeah. That didn't bother me at all. Uh, sexual purity was not wasn't working, hmm. and it was just a never-ending cycle of defeat. And I eventually just said, "Okay, I think God's plan for me is to <laughs> to get married." That, yeah. So I had an itch, and you're not supposed to scratch it, and it just kept the itch didn't go away with age. Yeah, <laughs> and so um, then I. You know, just like, okay, I just need to get out of my comfort zone and tried going on a few dates that didn't, you know, result in a romance. Yeah. But just getting out of my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I'm, and then all of a sudden one day, just Maha just appears out of nowhere. And I mean, my first impression was this is it. This, this is her. I'm getting married wow. probably within a few months. Wow. It was the first thing in my mind. And we had a in fact we had a valentine's date after dating for like three weeks and i i took sent some pictures to relatives that live out of state Mm because i didn't i wanted them to to know that hey uh not be shocked if they all sudden get a wedding announcement within short order (laughs) that was that's wow um but then all of a sudden i got weird and panic and i think i realized that what prevented me from getting pursuing marriage younger was a fear sure and i wouldn't have used that word when i was younger i didn't you know it's imagine if you have a fear of elephants but you've never been to africa (laughs) that's funny (laughs) and then one day you're like hey we should visit africa and then you're all like oh i don't know if i should go there it's kind of they got elephants there you don't realize that you're afraid of them (laughs) yeah so i had some kind of weird mental hang-up preventing me from pursuing dating (laughs) and maha was patient enough to help me overcome that that's that's good that's and uh, I'm, I'm fortunate because I, I don't think an American woman would have put up with my nonsense. I was, I was, I had, a, I mean, I just, I had extreme fear. Yeah, yeah. And I remember we probably didn't process things super closely during that time period, but even up until that point, I remember having many conversations with you. And and part of too for those that get married a little bit older is like you have your, <clears throat> you have your life, right? And. And sometimes there's a lot more to sacrifice at that point in your life um, than if you got married right out of college or something like that, because you've built you built your life and and uh, it, you have to lay it down when you get married. <laughs> you have to lay it down, and then you have to lay it down after you get married too. Yes, you do. Yeah, that's a good. That's <laughs> yes, yes. It's a continuous process, just like you lay your your life down every day for the Lord. You you lay your life down every day for your wife and your kids if you have them too. Um, so, what advice would you give to someone out there who's maybe in that later stage, mm-hmm. and maybe maybe to both ones that are like i don't know if i really want to get married or not or some that are like i really want to get married but 
I, I'm not finding... I think the latter is more common. Yeah. You yeah. know, people that have that desire and it just hasn't happened. Mm-hmm. I would... You just get out of your comfort zone yeah. and and make changes. Yeah. Uh, I, I Be radical. I mean, that... Uh, Assume that whatever you assume is wrong. That's and so one. whatever you're thinking, just take the opposite and consider that maybe that's the right thing to do. Wow. For some people, it might mean moving cities. It might mean getting a new job. It might mean changing your friends, changing your church. Hmm. But make a change. That's good. That's good. Yeah. And don't be afraid. Yeah. That's good. And I think probably the best thing is just don't quit. That's it can be good. discouraging, mm-hmm. if, especially if you're in a relationship that's advancing and then it, it gets called off. That can be quite devastating. Right. And and so just recognize, say, this is part of the process. Mm-hmm. And you, you recover, you know, people recover all the time. Then there are all the people that don't. Right. And it's really just how you respond to that. That's good. That's good. Changing gears just slightly. Um, you know, you have a heart for the next generation. <clears throat> what what is on your heart uh, there's lots of things but give us the top one you know i'd really like love to impart the benefits from not quitting yeah i mean that's that's my story um i just my success or any success i have right now it's just because i didn't quit i mean i even tried <laughs> right, right tried to quit. <laughs> failed at it that's hilarious and i'm i'm now reaping the rewards of not quitting hmm. it, there i believe no success is not achieved without perseverance that's good and i i especially like i have a lot of sympathy for people in the creative mm-hmm. fields I feel like they pursue that not because of I need a job, but because it's a passion. Mm-hmm. And it, it's slow going in the beginning. And oftentimes artists are like idealistic. And right. so they have expectations that um, don't happen right away. Mm-hmm. If you stick it out. Yeah. God is faithful. If it's your calling in life, God is faithful. Yeah. That's good. That's good. And it's pretty interesting how sometimes your how you conduct yourself how you behave in your career and all those things reflects how you conduct yourself in the kingdom or Mm. you know what i mean it's like sometimes we, we need perseverance in the things that we're going after um in god you know i i keep thinking of the the parable of the persistent widow mm-hmm. right right but that it's an all-encompassing thing and and so how you how you uh, pursue your career and how you persevere in that kind of will carry over into how you pursue god and how you persevere in the things you're going after with him and so if you can build it in one area you can build it in another and sometimes a breakthrough comes in one area of your life and then and then it carries over so um maybe you're pursuing things the things of god like wholeheartedly and you're persevering and you've you know been on a journey for years but then you're you're uh you're discouraged in in your career well take a look at what you what's happened over there and let that be your breakthrough in another area so if i had one thing to say i mean when you're discouraged, if you're disillusioned or have a setback, a disappointment, that is not the time to ch- make a change. Mm-hmm. That's good. That is the time to stay the course. Mm-hmm. 
And then if you have a, you know, you're well rested, you've had a good meal, life is going well, and you're dreaming with God, what's my future? That's the time to determine what the, the target. Yeah. And then move towards that and don't quit. That's good. That's Other good. than just take the easy path, which is easy. Right. <laughs> but you're not going to accomplish as much. Yeah. <clears throat> That's good. Let's uh, transition to a few lighter questions. Um, you're, you're fairly well-traveled, at least mm -hmm. compared to myself. <laughs> um, you, I remember you spent some time, was it in Finland or Correct. yeah, um, in college. And so I heard lots of stories about that, but if you could travel one place in the world, get on a plane tomorrow, where would you go? The kingdom of Jordan. The kingdom of Jordan. Yep. Yes. So that's my wife's home. My, her hometown is in Jordan. She's oh. from Jordan. Uh, I have not met her extended family, hmm. so that'd be a thrill. Yeah. And it, j it just so happens I'm reading a book on biblical archaeology, and many of the sites are in Jordan. So right. I'm coming up with my wish list of cool tourist stops and historical sites. Um, and the moment we have the opportunity, we're that's the next awesome. That's the next place we'll visit. That's really cool. Uh, which Bible character do you identify with most? And, yep. and Joseph. Why? Joseph. Oh, he was a dreamer, dreamer yeah. but his dreams were delayed for his character to be developed. There you go. Yeah, it's your story. Yep. That's awesome. Um, what what brings you joy right now? Mm -hmm. My son. Your son. Yo, I, huh? never, I never thought I would enjoy parenting as much as I do. Hmm. Never thought I would. It's just a thrill. Yeah. Didn't think I was wired for it. I'm not very emotional. I'm not like into cuddling and talking about our feelings or a lot of these nurturing right. characteristics that you need for rearing children. But seeing him explore the world mm. and develop, that is a thrill. Yeah. That is the most exciting thing I think that a human, that I've experienced in my life. That's cool. That you just can't replicate yeah. with, you know, business success or, or accompl other accomplishments. That's that's cool. And I, I can tell you from an outsider's view, I've seen how you you've changed by having a son in a good way. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I would agree, like knowing you for many years before you got married and had had a, a son, I was like, oh, this will be interesting. <laughs> you know what I mean? But but it's the faithfulness of God, mm -hmm. like uh, how he's how he's changed your heart and um, how how there's things deep inside of you from from his heart that allow you to be a good good dad so that's awesome um this is a bonus question mm -hmm. there's a few architects in our church uh who are your favorite architects uh out there why i mean feel free to nerd out first <laughs> okay uh renzo piano i am pay are kind of the, the, my um they've had a huge influence in in inspiration for me uh, nowadays, I like following the work of Bjork Ingels uh, with Bjork. Big okay. and Nap Hiroshi Nakamura, this <laughs> Japanese architect whose work is really uh, inspiring. And both of those those latter two architects were about the same in age. Really? And wow. I'm just like shocked they're doing this cool of work. Hmm. You know, I'm looking at the amount of effort it takes me 
to, to uh, design a 3,000 square foot credit union right. in Fargo. And <laughs> I'm very proud of it. It looks great. And, you know, that was like a lifetime of, of effort to achieve that project. And then I look at what they're doing and I'm just blown away. I mean, wow. it's just amazing. Wow. Uh, amazing talent and amazing outcomes. That's cool. It's always good to have people that you look up to, though, because it keeps you keeps you going. And I remember <clears throat> Enzo Piano. Like I remember that because we went on a trip to Chicago one time, and Rhett was like, "Oh yeah, we got to go to this uh, art museum because this architect that I love did the design work." And and then we went on a boat tour, telling us the history of Chicago, but also looking at the architecture. And so I learned a few things that that weekend. It was a, it was a good time. So, well, Rhett, I, I really appreciate uh, the interview. I appreciate learning from your life. Hopefully, the, the listeners out there, you, you learned something as well and uh, had a good time. Um, if you're part of our family here at Burning Hearts, I, I encourage you to get to know Rhett. He's and his wife, Maha, and their son, Johan. Uh, they're they're uh, wonderful people. Rhett is uh, just a, a foundational piece of who we are as Burning Hearts Church, uh, a board member, and, and just really fun to talk to. He's a good storyteller. And so if you if you like to hear stories, Rhett, Rhett's your guy. So, well, thank you, Rhett. I, I really appreciate it. Thank you. It was fun. All right. Well, uh, thank you, listeners. Until next time, keep the fire burning. Mm-hmm.